Next episode of Lest We Forget, the historical podcast by Tenement Yard Media. If you like politics, you can head over to our other podcast, Checkmate, and check that out. There are some great episodes. Yeah. Um, that intro song was Uptown Downtown by Jay Allen. Really hope he's having a great day. One of the faves. Um, yeah, this episode is kind of going to be long. So I'm not going to want a long intro. We're known for the long intro, but we're not going to um, just introduce the topic. We're just going to move. Um, this episode will be dropped on May 24th, which is the anniversary of the Tivoli Gardens incursion. And we here at Tenementian Media really wanted to focus on the community itself and how it got to this point of today. Because Tivoli Gardens have not healed in any of the things that they have been through over the last what, 60 years, 60 plus years. So, yeah, so we're just going to give a whole brief of what really happened to Tivoli Gardens. So, yeah, it's just going to begin. <laughs> See, guys, we no long intro this time, no long intro. All right, so first up, if we both sit up in our pieces, right, you have to talk about the creation of Tivoli Gardens. So, Tivoli Gardens in the inception stage wasn't Tivoli Gardens. It was primarily... This community that back in the 1950s was called Bakawal. And Bakawal had like 1,500 people over 40 acres of land. And the reason why it was called Bakawal was because it was the place of residence for persons who were cast aside by society. Right? And in that time, that in that era, it was the Rastafarians. So a lot of Rastafarians lived there. A lot of poor Jamaicans lived there. And that's where they, they, they found a safe haven no um there's a famous picture of of it if you look on our flyer for this episode you can see in the middle that swap back a wall look like and one of the only pictures of what back a wall back a, back a wall look like and there is a few description of how the community set up and i'm going to tell you i'm an expert here excerpt expert excerpt i'll give it a passage right 
with a passage. If you're new to the channel, um, just understand, say, English and me, we're not best friends. So, yeah, just side with me, side with me here. All right, so on May 7, 1959, there was a coron coronation market standoff between a police, between a police officer, right, and a gatekeeper who work at the market. Now, get this, both men were employed by the KCC, right? And that happened the standoff happened and the police used that as an excuse to go into the community right and them start she of rasta and start mash up them house right and the, the prime minister at the time uh, premier at the time norman manley kind of the same thing um went into the community right and this is what is um uh a individual from his public relations office said um the person who wrote it, his name is hartley nita and it's some article that he published and this is it's called a slum is a smell and i'm going to read it here get in your mind of how the state of bakawal was it says we walked from early morning until mid-afternoon through some four acres of squalor saw shocks the walls of which were made of pieces of rotten wood and cardboard crocus bag and covered with rusty sheets of zinc the family slept on pieces of cardboard covered with crops of cloth. There were no roads, just beaten tracks, wilding, wilding away around each. But sometimes we step into swords of mud and the faces of and the feces of pigs and goats. There were no grass or trees for shade or fruit. Every now and then we came upon a shriveled gunga pea plant. There were no pipe water. They had a tap water made along the Spanish Stone Road and carried water inside the community where they had constructed a makeshift shower. One man had built a latrine and he charged resi residents one penny to it. The alternative was at the edge of the community in sandy soil where men and women scraped a shallow hole and squatted over it to, to drop their night food. The smell from the combination of the rotting wood mud sour water and feces and scraps of cooked food waste was a nauseous stomach turning smell so that was back a while right and separate from the condition being so inhumane crime was just on a high alert it was known as it was known not only to be one of the most violent places in jamaica but one of the most violent places in the caribbean back in the 1950s right so the government at the time decided that yo they were going to develop the community right and between that era of 1955 to 1962 the pmp administration they were redeveloping other areas right um mona heights was developed under them and um arborview right so they were going around developing and the next the next community to be developed was Tivoli Gardens, right? So steps were put that the construction of Tivoli Gardens was supposed to start in 1963. So they laid down foundation and said, yo, this is what's going to be the next project. Right? That was going to be it. Now, as history will have it, April 1962, election call, PMP lose the election, and JLP got power, which was headed by Bustam by, by Alexander Bustamante. Right? Now when we got independence and August, woo woo woo, you know, bugger things. Edward Siaga made a very promising, charismatic, upbeat, young face, 
but Lebanese descent, um, young man by the name of Edward Siaga, he's Minister of Development, right? Minister of Development and Welfare. And not only was Edward Siaga the Minister of Development and Welfare, he was also the MP candidate, the MP, because he won the election, for the West Kingston constituency, which Bakawal was. Now, in the inception, Edward Siaga was facing a lot of opposition in his own party of being the candidate for Western Kingston. Because people are saying, yo, like, we don't feel like the people them right there, so I got to accept him. Because him, him too white. You get me? He was Lebanese, saying, but um, they had him as white. He went to Har went to Wilma's Boys, went to Harvard and studied anthropology. Um, came back home, ended up going to the, the UMed school. Um, realized medicine wasn't his thing, end up doing um a lot of sociology sociological work when he um and study of rural Jamaica and then he ended up going into like producing um the West Indies Recording Limited, which um they signed Brian Leanna Jaganiers and Joe Higgs. That's all responsible for Edward Siaga. So persons are like, yo, we don't feel like the poor black people in Bakawala gonna like him. They feel like him gonna accept him, right? And them gonna probably send him a St. Andrew, one of the St. Andrew constituents, we're middle class uptown people. And I'm like, no, and I was like, no, 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 no. You understand him? Put him foot down. Um, and bust the man to say, hey, I, I feel him. You understand? And I don't understand, even I don't understand opposition because he studied rural people. And not because I studied some of me, they're going to be good at it, you know, but I mean, like, he has some kind of experience with dealing with um, persons of that class. So, yeah, he ended up becoming an MP and passing down from the PMP proposal to fix back a while, you understand? It so happened that the government was going to go through with it. So back a while it was going to be developed. And it was a lot to be developed, right? And they decided at the end of 1963, in the midst of 1963, that yo, they were going to develop it, right? But there were some issues. And the issues arise because, like, as I said before, they might try to develop the place, but people live there, right? The people live there. So in October of 1963, um, Siaga and the GLP issued a forcible evacuation of residents from Bakawal area who refused to quit the site and the Tivoli um, apartment complex that was going to be built. See? And all of the people them who them are shoeboard was rastas, um, young people, and them say coincidentally a lot of PMP supporters, right? So they were getting them. Let me say, yo, we need for move because like we need to develop the place. But then the government never give people an alternative, right? There was no alternative that was given. No, the PMP was running around that yo, you know, can't just evacuate people like that. You have to give them time. You have to like give them time. You can't just give people a week and stuff like that. So what happened was um the government relented by offering a brief memorandum, moratorium. Yo, them give them a notice basically, and the notice extend up to January of 1964. Um, especially and then this is kind of key because 1963 is like a big year in Jamaica and a big year for the JLP. You had the Coral Gardens incident. You had the April um legislative debate. When the JLP was backing um, 
this inhumane sentencing of people who were caught with ganja really it was just to further oppression stars but it was like them couldn't take no other body pr in 1963 so yeah that change shift right so between 1964 and 1966 that was the whole p that was jlp and siaga thing was trying to get people out of Buckerwall to develop it you understand but again then never we give give people an alternative um there is a note there is there's um i want to say a note there's a piece of information that edward siaga written in his book my life and leadership volume one where he basically said that your persons could apply and the government can they got the, the government get them like the government get them a, a, a sum of money to relocate people and they could have applied and him could have get some of the money to live somewhere else but then him said about him said not other people apply me no know if you want to take that you take that me no know <laughs> like men yeah people for apply to get money and nobody now apply yeah jamaican people yeah me no me no know all right but we move all right, so 1966 come, and what happened was like government said, Yo, <laughs> only need for move, especially in the case where the election was being called next year. Like, they might try for double down and be like, Yo, we need to develop the area. So, beginning in mid February, and it's like everything started like mid February, and it never ended until like August, right? So, on the 17th and the 24th, right um a lot of bulldozers were sent in back wall, right and there is a report and this is from radicalism and social change in jamaica 1960 to 1972 um great book actually um what happened was he reported that as scores of children on Payne avenue watched their homes turn to rubble they found a solidarity member of parliament vernon arnett joined their mothers in a vain attempt to block the bulldozers you get me a try to say so it's like the bulldozers are gonna come and then um i met an mp he's standing up in front of the bulldozers with mother's gonna say yo you can't take over us you can't do this our things then people don't care bulldozers are driving and it's like the more people start to get angry and once people find uniqueness in their anger you had gangs being formed and that was the first time you start to see a gang being formed into valley gardens you had the phoenix gang i had the vikings gang, phoenix jlp and the viking pmp right and these were made up of two persons who were clashing over the development so it's like phoenix i say yo them one will move and that's them where we are go. And then Vikings was like, yo, we need for <laughs> No, I lied. I don't wear Vikings, Vikings is PMP. So Vikings saying, we are going to fight because we have nowhere to go and we will move. And Phoenix was like, we need for move. Understand they are supporting the government. So that was basically what was happening, right? Then July, and the 12th of July of the same year, some 1,500 of these hapless poor, some with their makeshift shacks in hand, scored from foreshore road and industrial areas as bulldozers and Orion police moving to begin the final phase of demolition. So it was going to be Bakowal, um intersecting with four, the areas on foreshore road and industrial terrains, like Aladeso, to create Tivoli Gardens, right? But foreshore road was, majority of the persons there were rastas. Like that road was completely rastas. Like Bakowal did have a lot of rastas, but foreshore road, rastas alone was there right and it's like 
they might try for run for find somewhere else to go and it's like it now work out because some of them run the um riverton and moonlight when the like with them things for like set up shop for say you're gonna stay here so because we can't go back back a wall and i well you know say when them go run the riverton and moonlight at 300 police are here with them and say eh, eh, you can't come here so find somewhere else to go so what happened in that aftermath that you had a whole lot of people who were just wandering the streets sleeping on the streets because again they had nowhere to go now as it pertaining to the persons whose um land was taken by lot of rastas i i have no information of them being compensated or their land being given back i don't i don't know it's probably if it happened please let me know I try to find something. If you're from the Ministry of Culture or um, UDC, UDC was from after that. But anybody have any information? Please let me know because I don't have any information of the, anybody being compensated for their land being, especially the Rastas. That's where my interest lies. If the Rastas got anything, please let me know. Let me know because I I never find anything at all. So yeah, so that uh, that happened and. As I know, once you have any kind of any kind of unrest, you know you're gonna have a lot of crime, and crime kind of increased in 1966 and stuff. So it just became bad. But they move, everybody move, and by the 1967 come around, Tivoli construction was ready to take place. Right? It was at its peak. Everything did not go down, and Tivoli was. The name given because there was a theater there called Tivoli Theater, which later changed to Queen's Theater. That's what I got from my research. Well, one of, somebody else on the team research, actually, not mine. But, <laughs> yeah. So, Tivoli was supposed to be a model. Tivoli Gardens was supposed to be a model community. community. It was a prototype for the World Bank and other Western instit- institutions to admire. And it got a lot of praises. Because, it, imagine coming from, like, a slum, like the worst place to ever live in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, like worst place to live. And then in a matter of four years, you had high-rise accommodation, condominiums, seven parks, a large playing field, netball and basketball courts, a maternity center, and a huge community center with rooms for training, art and craft, industrial skills and music, right? So um, that was the vision that was set out and edward siaga executed understand all right so like i want all right 1967 election come now right and the pmp representative to, that they sent up to go against edward siaga to basically represent western kingston was this general name dudley thompson now if you study pan pan africanism or I know anything about African history. Um, I want to say anything. But even though in-depth research about African history, I you know Dolly Thompson. Um, Dolly Thompson, apart from being a road scholar and a screen council and a World War II fighter pilot, he was um, one of Kenya, um, Joma Kenyatta um, defense councils in the aftermath of the 1952 to 1960 Mormon uprising. And Jomo Kenyatta is, I said Jomo Kenyatta just like, Jomo Kenyatta was the, he's like the father of Kenya. He is the first president of Kenya. And I think his son, Uhuru Kenyatta, is the president. So, yeah, he's like what Eric Williams is to Kenya, if that makes sense. That's the best example I can give persons who 
don't know. That's an idea. And Dolly Thompson nickname, nickname was the Burning Spear. You see? But it's like 1967. Come now. You understand? And Western Kingston was 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 there. Every party wanted. Everybody, every party wanted that constituency. Like you wanted that constituency. And JLP and PNP did that go hard feed. Yeah. Understand? So Dollar Thompson was backed by a group of people called Group 69 from Matthews Lane. Matthews Lane, if you must. Right? And Group 69, in partnership with the Vikings, but the Vikings, they must say, come out from the bulldozing. Honest? Yeah. Them, they are back, Dolly. You understand? And the Phoenix and the other land are, are back, Siaga. So you had that, Honest, um, happening. Apart from. All of that going on in Western Kingston, which was really the first form of violence that formed out of it, right? You didn't have something else bigger going <laughs> Something else bigger. So, on February 3rd, 1967, big up the cleaner. Them send it late, but we'll still get it. Yes, that was a shade. Um, the, the cleaner printed a headline that says, Arm Explosive Seized at GLP Headquarters. And according to the article... Right, the police raided the GLP central headquarters in Kingston. Right, and while them are raided, they buck up on some GLP um supporters, and they got they got a fight. And a man named Clement Tucker and another man named Neville Fowler was was shot. One got shot in his neck, one got shot in his thigh. But what was so dramatic about the whole thing was that at the GLP central headquarters, this time GLP in a power. Alright, this is a government office in 1967. There is at least 200 rounds of ammunition, two homemade bombs, two Molotov cocktails, and dynamite caps. In addition to an adjacent property, the police discovered a small cache of weapons and ammunition. And then there were also gunpowder and other firearms being found. So, it's like... People ask, what's going what, on? Yes, so what's going on? What's happening? What's going on? Right? You fast forward three years later, right? And PMP supporters who got kicked out of um the 1966 bulldozing of Bakowal roll up a Tivoli Garden housing scheme. And they must say, yo, imagine when you kick away all of you out here and then we don't have no no nowhere for leave because i be a jlp supporter living at tivoli like this can't work right and the same people them who i go living there them i work on it like only jlp supporters are living there and only jlp supporters are work on it like when you can't do this and it's like then out here of protests and it's like i'll be a gunman start forward gunman start forward and stop light up the street and the police, them call the police. Police really never serve no purpose, to be honest, because at least nine people were being shot. You have this Jenna name, Wayne Smith. Wait, watch it. Uh, the Jenna here, no. Tell me, no. A protest is going on, and this Jenna name, Wayne Smith, out there, I put up PMP poster. Smiley got see him, and like a two bullet after him, and him have to run for go see a female life. Like, legit. I saw him, him never did it. Run him around. Both before UCN was born, right? So, that was basically what was going on in, in, in Tivoli Gardens in the 67, right? And to be noted, election was going, election was like the last week in February, right? So, we reached the 6th of February now. Come here, I got you February, I got you February. Then, um, Manly, Naman Manly now, come on, Naman Manly is like, yo, like, we need, we need to get people and talk, 
it's like what is going on like no get both sides of the party come in and talk because this is not supposed to happen like it's an election but no this is not supposed to happen but it's like manly thing now never did that people never did take manly serious apart from him being old man norman manly is talking about norman here not michael norman manly is very passive and introverted so <laughs> No matter how dominant he's going to seem, it's like people it act like the body now sitting and listen to it, like everybody it at in the 67, right? And what was going on between Dudley and Siaga, between group 69 and um the Phoenix and the Vikings versus the Phoenix, like yeah, no matter not pre now man man. So the February 11 come now, and then the police reportedly release a report say that yo, they same Gleaner article, another Gleaner article. They siege explosive and firearms at a PMP constituency headquarters in Western St. Andrew. Right? No, you see, brother, a party. Yeah. No, the, I, and this is another reason why people never take manly serious. Can they must say, yo, you're cost bodies, but you're a CM party involved in this. But this was the problem with the PMP um, report, right? So the police said that, yo, these are the, the police said they found ammunition at the PMP headquarters, right? That's what they said. But <laughs> the uh, the candidate, all right, of Western St. Andrew, Hopeton Kevin, say, yo, we never find out no, 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 no headquarters. We never find it in my, in my office, right? We never find it in the yard beside my office. PMP, no, one a yard, a smuddy yard, that. So anybody can put it there. We don't have no, responsible over, no responsibility over it, which... Legally, you could argue that in court because it's completely correct. The PMP no governor yard, eh? so I don't really feel one. But like, sir, <laughs> sir, like the coincidence though. Like, come on, come on. All right. So manly even now still attack. And he must say, yo, this can't work. Only need for the something, something need for something. And manly they here so I try to bring film point across. And I say, yo, like we need peace. We need peace. Cause this can't. This can't work. And then I want you to understand where money is coming from. Norma because at this time, Edward Sia at this time, Buster Monty, sorry, um, blind, old, retired from politics, right? Norman Manley is like he came from a, a style of politics where yeah, you expect forget lit by buckle couple time. You understand? You expect forget stone couple time. You get me a chair for say? You expect forget like you know. You don't feel like as backland sticks are come. You understand? As sticks and backland broke your bones. That's it. But 96 is coming on a, a gunshot of us. <laughs> like, the, like, that transformation between the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s to the 60s, know where guns are in play. Him not used to that. So, him a call and a big and a say, yo, like, stop it, stop it, and stuff. And now the election was called on February 22nd, 1967, and the JLP won again. And when the JLP won again, most importantly, Edward Siaga won Western Kingston, right? He became the MP again. And when I tell you that 19, that election really was the setting stone of what would happen to Tivoli Gardens, that began... So all that was a back wall story. And then after the... Pre-1967 was a back wall story. After 1967 was the Tivoli Garden story. And it's like... Manly, in his farewell speech, um, big up Alex Gaff anyway, um, he made a remark, and it was probably foreshadowing, if you must, a prophecy. He said, and I'll summarize it here, he said something along the lines of, yo, 
he has never seen this kind of political violence in all his years being involved in politics. And if the government of Jamaica don't do something, if the future generation don't do something to try to curb this, what is going to happen is that we're going to see an onslaught of violence in Jamaica that should not be taking place. All right. That's that's basically what he said in that part of the, the speech. Foreshadowing. Mm. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, 1970s come now. Um, you share as prime minister. Election called in 1972. And Michael Manley became prime minister. Michael Manley. We spoke about Michael Manley like once or twice he was very outspoken about his political ideology um embraced socialism i mean the pmp was fought pmp is founded on socialism um but manley was more left-leaning than any other prime ministers or any other pmp leaders that we have had and that just never did a fit right with certain people right especially it was the era of the Cold War. And for persons who don't know the Cold War, I've said this in the last episode, the Merlin at episode, the Cold War was a, a geopolitical war between the US and the USSR when, and Russia, where the US was trying to, well, the US was basically playing big brother with every other country in the world, saying that they should, they are not going to support the spreading of communism or socialism or anything along that line. And then Russia was like stepping in, you know? So that was basically it. And even though the US and Russia never meet, it flowed over in other countries, right? And one of the countries it flowed over in was Jamaica. Now what happened was Jamaica was, sorry, Manly was friends with Castro, right? And another one of friends with Castro of Cuba, he was friends with Daniel Ortega of Nicaragua and end up becoming friends with Maurice Bishop of Grenada. So it's like Edward Sagano, who became, see, Edward Sagano started talking about the MP for Western Kingston. He became the leader of, of JLP. And Edward Sagano was using the principle of show me your friends and I will tell you who you are. Because even though Manly, both father and son, Norman and Michael have said they do not support the spreading of communism, all of them friends, all of Manly friends, them were communists, were communists um so it's like see i was very well spoken about that but what happened was that to play in this geopolitical war of both us and russia or what's it not western kingston became involved tivoli gardens became involved and this is very critical in telling the tivoli Gardens story because you really saw the exploitation of people at its best in Tivoli Gardens and the surrounding areas. Um, this in regards to the fact that <laughs> when Manley became Prime Minister, right, he made another, he you have to replace ministers, right? So his Minister of Housing and Development, which is like Siaga Development and Welfare Ministry, was Anthony Spalding, Tony Spalding to most persons if I follow up sports. Yeah, Tony Spalding Community Center. Yeah, that Tony Spalding. So Anthony Sp Spalding run ran on the same principle that Edward Siaga ran on in 1966. That what they were going to do was that they're going to develop a community and fill it with 
their party supporters. So the same way in which Tivoli Gardens was filled with with with, with um JLP supporters, Arnett Gardens was Arnett Gardens is South Saint Andrew. Yeah, yeah. That was filled with PMP supporters. And that came as a result of Anthony Spalding, you understand, going in, running out people out of them yard, going off the, the dismay say they never parent. You understand? People were getting pulled out of them house. People were getting shoe places were burned down. And other people were brought in on the place. You understand? But you know what? I got an episode about Tony Spalding because a lot of people don't know film story. So, yeah, we'll soon get into that. But yeah, so that was what was going on between that, right? So you had Arnett Gardens, South St. Andrew, and you had Tivoli Gardens, Western um, Western Kingston, right? Clashing. Because maybe I said you have one side full of PMP people, you have one side full of JLP people. You have the, 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 the two party leaders having a foot in the global war and there was no way they were just going to be at peace there was no way that was going to happen to make matters even worse the jamaica and economy was going at it wasn't stable right primarily because there was the oil crisis of um the 70s between the middle eastern countries and the oil and and, and the us um there was <laughs> bruh there was the um the US a hundred the hundred US million US dollars that um Kissinger blackmailed um Michael Manley with where Michael Manley took a stand of defending um the the Angola the, per, per, the people in Angola where the US was sending troops to back up the apartheid white soldiers who were being sent into Angola to help me not them really help fight like them are trying to fight and the Angolan people like them are fight and Golans in their own country. Like, yeah. And Manly had an issue because Manly was like, yeah, he's not staying quiet as a Commonwealth country, I'm going to speak up. And as a black majority country, I'm going to speak up because it can't be oppressing black people and a whole other continent. Like, Africa has been oppressed for so long. La, 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 la. Yeah, all of that. So, yeah. And Henry Kissinger, who was the Secretary of State, wasn't having that, right? And, yeah. So a lot of that happened in Jamaica, and because the economy was going down slide, especially since a lot of welfare was being done in regards to the poor, um, yeah, economy was never stable. And once economy was stable, the lower class is forgotten. You know you can misuse people because you, you, you can exploit people because you have some of them can use. So I did say I was not going to go in a rant. You know, I did say I was not going to go in a rant. So yeah. The, the election now came. The election was due in 1977. And even before 1977 come, you got a foreshadowing that things were going to go out of hand. 1976 was when really every party leader was really campaigning. Was really, really campaigning. And they were throwing shots. Una get called fascist. Um, Michael Malley famous, famous lines. These um, fascist nincompoos. Um, Siago was said all of them are communists <laughs> and socialists, and he they were they were legit throwing shots at each other. It was getting very ugly, it was getting very, very, very ugly, right? And 
it, it, it basically reached a boiling point on June 19, 1976, when a state of emergency was called Tivoli Gardens, right, and Denham Town. And one of the worst things that came out of that, one of the reasons why the state of emergency was called on June 19, 1976, was something that happened a month before. What happened has got to be one of the worst incidents that happened in Jamaican history, and one of the something that's not being talked about and i really don't want to go into details about it because anything that happened between the 1970s and 1980s deserve an episode by itself um it just, yeah it deserve an episode by itself so what happened like i'm paying me speaking about it Aaron street right in western kingston um on may 19 1976 um and i will read a report from the green i'm not want to summarize it it says 50 men set fire to tenement buildings and block escape routes to the PMP supporters inside. Barrages of gunshots were heard as the gunman prevented the police and firemen from entering the premises to put out the blaze. This incident left 10 people dead and 500 homeless. And one of the worst things that came out of it was the children who died. There was a mother who she said that she had one of the worst things she has pain in her heart was she had to listen helplessly to her son's pitiful screams as he was being burnt alive so yeah that 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 happened that happened and state of emergency was called a month later right and i mean pmp in that fire it was pmp supporters who were burnt but it's just there was no way it was going to get better. It was no because election. Remember, election had been called it in election was due the year after, and this was like if this had gone on a year before, what gonna happen a month before in the election, right? And then, so Michael Malley him know a trip. Michael Malley say yo, this can't work. So he started like going on mass. This whole mass lock up of people, and one of the persons. Who was lock up was Pernell Charles. Um, yes, Pernell Charles, the politician, the JLP politician, black and white man. Jamaicans will get that. He was locked up. Oliver Bobsy Grange was locked up as well. And and they were like two out of the family and 93 people who were locked up. Like a lot of people were locked up that year. So all of that did not happen in 1976. And Tivoli Gardens was just a sad place. It was a dangerous place to be at so dangerous so so dangerous and what made the matters even worse was that in october right the prime minister's office released a statement that yo they're going to have a concert called smile jamaica right um in december and the biggest celebrity in jamaica was going to head it but marley right and when me tell you say you see you have this brother named Bertram. Lo I, I am actually a huge fan of Bertram. I love his his historical um articles. Um and he was uh he's he was the minister of culture at the time for the PMP. But you see, I'm gonna let them take people for idiot. You understand? What they did was that they released the statement in like the like the second week in October, and then two weeks later, them say yo, them call election. Election I gonna keep December 15th. So the concert is December 5th, and the, the 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 election on December fifteen, like basically what they were doing was politicizing Bob Marley. Like that's my opinion. If anybody wanna argue, or if Bertram, like 
it it made zero sense why you're gonna do that especially bob marley whose all images peace and love and trying to refrain himself from any political unsought that was going in because he tried to be political neutral and get me a try to say but the man them got call election and a lot of things resulted out of that but one of the worst things that resulted out of that was that on the 3rd of december you see me some man roll up uh bob marley yard recording studio same place i hope it's the same place <laughs> 56 Hope road yeah roll up 56 Hope road and went in shut up the studio but marley got shot his manager got shot couple other persons there got shot rita marley got shot right i'm not getting into that because it's a lot but yeah let's not get into that into that go watch the netflix special basically if you can go watch netflix have a whole documentary and that who who shot the sheriff so you can watch that and farm on the own thing but i the 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 police it was basically everybody was being politicized in that era right and i just believe manly and bertram was just completely wrong for what they did that was completely completely wrong and bertram me not expect better from bertram <laughs> probably historian to historian me not expect better from bertram and me just need an explanation i just want to see man ask him why there are a couple questions more ask him but that are one why what what was the reason for that and the other question i want to ask him is why in book them so expensive you have a book about Norman Manley, which is like one of the only books about Norman Manley will cost like a hundred us dollars and i cannot afford it and i'm just need to chill with the price information not to be that expensive but we move all right so the election was called on the 15th of december 1976 and that was the most turnout of the of any jamaican election 85.2 percent of was a voter turnout of any election post-independence yeah post-independence 85.2 percent of persons came out and the pmp won 47 of 60 seats right and then after that bam marley kind of went into isolation and he went to you, you england and stuff because again you know really trust nobody you understand ambush in the night that was the song that came out of that attack so that was it and you would have thought that bam marley performing trying to curb the the the, the crime issue in jamaica you'd have believed that yo it would have been curbed no mm -mm. nope it got worse it got worse it got so worse it got worse and what ended up happening was if you feel like people in 1976 had then the like people in 1977 on another level and a whole other level where you saw young men boys women everybody i get like up people just like get thrown in a prison and two other persons who got thrown in prison <laughs> right was um cloudy mass up right and this genuine bucket and what was important to both of them was that cloudy was basically like the first don of tivoli garden so yeah we could reach up to the tivoli garden story now he was basically like the first don of tivoli gardens right and he was he he, he ran the, the the phoenix gang remember i told that guys that during the onslaught of the whole uh Buckawal thing the phoenix gang was for him he that was his thing phoenix and he ended up like controlling and he became like known in western kingston as the discipline disciplinarian mm, yeah 
and um that was his thing that was his thing um t um edward saga getting his book my life and leadership actually acknowledged that yo when he came into as mp he heard of claudia being a disciplinarian right so he was like the first done off tivoli gardens if you go yeah if i'm going to make such a, a bold statement he's he's going to um siaga exact words actually have it here he said he was also the inf enforcer in the downtown kingston area which was a supportive of the jlp as such he was regarded as a protector of the area from external attacks right so that was so that was cloudy but remember i told you that you know you'd have tivoli gardens and then you have arnett gardens right arnett gardens right and arnett gardens a pmp so of course they're gonna have a pmp then of course they're gonna have a pmp then right and the pmp gang was um george spencer who them called fed him up he had have winston blake borrow boy and anthony welch right but bucky was the one who ended up in prison with with um with 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 Claudie. um especially seeing that yo both of them were being exploited it's like they're in a prison and i like them in a prison together they're not the same prison cell <laughs> right and it's like you chop in a one look a box with another man who you're supposed to hate you don't know why you hate the man you know it's just you are told that you're supposed to hate the man because he have a different political ideology from you and probably man probably man not socialist probably man not socialist i'm just living in the area and he's the done in the area because what happened was that um the pmp was financing these gangs right um from the special there were documents on the special um employment program which state that contracts for work on public projects and other handouts were flowing into ga garrison gang members so bucky was getting you know theme thing after that and the bicycle that bucky and his crew was known for that was financed by the pmp that's the points that's what the reports say basically right so it's like they were told to hate each other so them in a prison him star reason and then i realized say yo there there are pawns in this chess game you get me a try to say like what go on here so like claudia say yo tivoli gardens in a despair you understand people are dead you get me a try to say like they're not doing nothing they're not doing nothing for we right and then bucky was like yo aren't gardens in the same position like and how we are help feed it. So it's like two of them having conversation and realizing this fact ended up saying they wanted something. And what happened was that they reached out when they when they got out at the, almost to the end of the year, they flew to England to meet with Bam Marley. And this is where the whole Bam Marley um story was important. Bam Marley, I remember I told you was in exile in exile, exile in England. But separate from that he was also a, a friend of claudia because they grew up in a trenchstone area together like friends back in the 1960s and stuff so claudia reach out and be like yo we want to put on a local concert and you know stuff like that and we want you do it and understand say yo at that point my mom didn't really trust people didn't really trust himself even come back to jamaica because again bircham and manly you understand politicize him and then man come at me and come shut him up up in the ear who did that i won't say again netflix special so well so it's like they had to do some really hard convincing for um for norman for sorry bob marley <laughs> to come back to jamaica but bob marley ended up coming back to jamaica right and he ended up having a concert 
right he came back in february the concert was supposed to be held on april 22nd and it was going to be called the peace concert and he had so much he had culture being there mighty diamonds peter tosh jacob milan inner circle like a lot of persons were doing this for free because they really want to curb the violence right and this was in 1978 yeah so the concert was april 22nd 1978 and they really want to curb the violence especially seeing that yo 1978 was just about like April, you know, and you had the Green Bay Massacre, you had the next fire, and you had people who were being gunned down in the street just because they were weird, had different color, just because of them vote, just because of them political ideologies, like it was that bad. So all of the artists, them come together and try for the something. You get me a try for say? And the what was impressive about the concert, the concert was $2 for persons to come in, right? So basically, and I hope um, persons get this, um, they made the event at a cost where the persons who are supposed to benefit from said from said event could afford again they made event at a cost that the persons who are supposed to benefit from said event could afford yes i throw my coin i hope the persons who are supposed to catch it get it right so that was an issue, right? That was a thing. So a lot of persons turned out from the Tiva and men who were from Tivoli Gardens, from Arnett Gardens, were employed. They were security guards. They were there. So they were really attracted for bring back peace, right? They really attracted for bring back peace in Kingston. Really attracted for bring back peace in Tivoli Gardens. And really wanted Tivoli Gardens to heal. So they had the concert and there was a point in it when Jacob Milan, Inner Circle, they called up Bucky and Claudia on stage. Um, Tony Welch was called up and then going around one circle and then dance and stuff and he must say yeah man my friend again and then raise hand and then shout and stuff and then couple hours later Bob Marley came up on stage and that concert was and that that was the famous concert where um Bob Marley held um Norman who am I saying Norman held Michael Michael Manley and Edward Siaga hands in some solidarity and be like yeah man my friend again like stop this and blah 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 and stuff so yeah yeah i think most jamaicans know that famous their famous photo or that famous concert but yeah that's just a brief overview so yeah concert don't know one tivoli gardens yeah then did heal you know peace was there for like two days for, for like legit two days two days <laughs> legit two days because what happened was that according to Larry Gutz, and Larry Gutz is a Harvard historian. Um, she she's the author of the book Born for Dead. But this um she did an interview um with Vivian Goldman in his book, The Book of Exodus, The Making and Meaning of Bam Marley and the Whalers. And Larry Gutz said, um, what necessarily happened was that the equipment that were sent down from the states to jamaica for that peace concert inside the equipments were guns that were smuggled into the country and would be distributed to jlp supporters bold claims but that's what she said and she was in jamaica at the time studying to again complete her her book right so yeah so that, that never really the concert never really do not know for the crime he just paused it for like two days and after that it went back and it got bloody especially got bloody because claudie died a year after he was um chased down 
by police by police officers after coming from a football game on the 4th of february 1979 and he was shot dead um along with um lloyd fraser and alfonso trevor tinson right and then after that his body was brought cloudy body was brought to the minister of justice according to his wife and it was shut up there he was shut up right and that was you know deliver a message basically and then bucky died at a well, Bucky died in New York nightclub um, on March 1980. So, yeah. So, it's like the persons who were intric intricate, important to that concert died. And um, 1980 election come. I mean, I'm not going to details about 1980 election. I'm not going to details about 1980, the year itself. Um, every Jamaican is scarred by that in somewhere possible. Even if you're just born, parents can parents who went through that period when, who were born in that year bloody like they're there i literally can do a podcast episode and every single week in that year every single week an event happened in that week we had a politician who died we had an ex-politician who bust him gone we had a, a, a 153 women who died in a fire but come again like they were they were like man we move all right, we move. But what's important about the 1980 election is that Edward Siaga won the election. Yeah, Edward Siaga won the election. All right, that's important, right? So, um, yeah. So, I feel like we're done with Tivoli Gardens' 1970s story you now. We're moving to 1980s, and this was when Tivoli Gardens, as a community that we know today, start to take form. So, the Tivoli Gardens in the 60s, all right, they made a... Yeah, come the 70s, it was political, very political violence and politician have them by a string. 1980 was a complete different story. So, remember now, Claudia was the first done, right? And Claudia died. And Claudia ended up not to ever leave a success on nobody. You understand? Because that's how done she works. Son passed down and stuff. Who rose up in the community was a guy named Lester Coke. And Lester Coke grew up in the area. Um, and he had connections to the JLP in the fact that he was Edward Siaga's bodyguard. Right? And he took on the moniker Jim Brown. Now, there are two instant, there are two backstories behind his name, Jim Brown. There's one that said he was in homage to an American football player that he admired. And in the book, Gangs of Jamaica, the Babylonian War, Wars by Thibault Engelgart, um, Jim Brown was, he took the name because Jim Brown was the name of the only black actor in the military movie, The Dirty Dozen. So, yeah, you can, it, yeah, it, that was an, a thing, right? And, Apart from that, Jim Brown was also one of the major players in the Showa Posse gang. Now, remember I tell you about the Phoenix gang, right? Cloudy Phoenix gang. The Phoenix gang developed, right, and got enveloped by the Showa Posse gang. Except this time, them not only did they do deal with politics violence, no, they were dealing with drugs violence. And Jamaica, height of Jamaica, drug smug smuggling came in the 1980s, right? And the Showa Posse was at the center of that. Um, the Showa Posse got its name. There are two backstories. There is one that says they got the name because of the a 1980 campaign speech speech that Edward Siaga said when he said um, Showa of blessings. Hence the reason you have Showa Showa Power 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 PMP. And then um, there's a next story that says they got the name because they were known 
that when they were killing you, they will turn the gun on you and just press trigger and just see a like be a gunshot or rain down on you like in a one show or be basically. So yeah, that there were two accounts of how they got the name, and um that was a show of person, a show of person, a Jamaican connect which was overseen by Jim Brown, and they had a, a, a New York, US, US New York um operation that was run by Vivian Blake. Um, noted Vivian Blake, not the not the politician Vivian Blake, who lost the PMP leadership to Michael Manley back in back back in nineteen sixty um back in the late 1960s, 1960s. Not that Vivian Blake. I'm talking about Vivian Blake, the drug lord Vivian Blake, who he went to St George's um college, right, and then he traveled to the states in nineteen seventy three as part of a cricket team and just stayed there and stuff. So he basically ran the operation of um, the show up passing there. And Jamaica was primed to be like, uh, uh, we, we are set up to be a, 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 shipping, a shipping force because of our position in the Caribbean. We're situated right in the middle of the Caribbean, locking between Latin America, where the drugs were produced, right? And then those will be shipped to the States, right? And we, we are basically like Paso and Danke, basically drugs kingston our kingston our states you understand so that was basically our position and they were taking use of it because guess what back in the 1970s you know guns are reaching in jamaica on one side and other side of the other parliament guns are coming so guns are coming from both parties you understand and guns are being distributed and given to these young men to fight the political violence of fight the political war of the politicians so 1980s come now understand and election call them win then they don't use fear so what you gonna do with the gun them because the gun them at your disposal you get me a chef say so you kind of realize that oh oh there's a marijuana and a cocaine boom happening you get me a chef say especially in the 1980s with um public escobar be at his height right and cocaine was like a ship up on another level understand so it's like <laughs> The young men gravitate towards that more, especially in the fact that they were going to gravitate towards the done more because the done were fulfilling this temporary but fast fix of 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 gains. Like politicians are promising things and answer the things they are called. They are promising from nineteen seventy two, from nineteen seventy six, from nineteen seventy eight, from nineteen eighty. Say yo, them gonna do this, them gonna do this. Ah no, you understand? You not get nothing. You understand? Yeah, kill people. Yeah, get chunk change for you. Like that, no, that no, don't feel. You understand? And then you have these politicians who were, you have these dancers who were giving you a lot of things. You were getting cars, you were getting power, you were getting money. So they gravitated towards the Dan more. So by the time 1983 come on the next election called the snap election, because um the PMP decided that they are not going to take part in no election. We were called three, three, three years after the after the previous election, right? So the PMP didn't contest that election. So the JLP ended up getting back in power, and um the JLP ended up getting back in power. So it's like then there was no use for the political violence in, in the nineteen eighties because people put staying up in power, and Jim Brown and the show of that take use of that. Like Jim Brown basically asserted himself as a force in Tivoli Gardens, and 
one of the worst things that came out of, the, of, of that was um, the Rima massacre, which happened on May 8, 1984, where men from Tivoli Gardens basically set them on curfew. You get me? They set them on curfew, and they did, to, and they did a host-to-host search. And they killed two men in the evening, six men in the night, bringing the total to eight. And it was, it was just, if you would think, Tivoli Gardens is about in the 70s, but in the 80s, it was never cute. And that was when the Tivoli Gardens reputation that we know today again was being taken from. Now, the drugs became a huge issue, especially Jamaican drugs. And the government and, and the US started to be heavy on Edward Sayag and be like, yo, you need to control marijuana trade. You need to control, especially the cocaine trade or go on in your country and the u.s drug enforcement administration the usda they released a statement saying um increasing evidence of cocaine traffic in jamaica is of both con is of concern both because of the threat of the local population and because it involves foreign criminal elements so all of that did not happen now you see and it's like they must say yo you can't do this like you're not gonna make sense you can't do that like you need to do something to ensure say yo this can't me again, right? And the situation got worse in Tivoli Gardens when on the 16th of May and the 4th of October, it was found out that um, there was a shipment of guns that were founded, right? Um, that was supposed to be going to Tivoli Gardens. Now, in the May discovery, 16th of May, 1984, they found four semi-automatic rifles and seven automatic pistols. And in the October shipment, 4th of October, 1984, they found 22 gun arsenal that included an M16, an M1 enforcer, five assault rifles, two 44 magnums, and more than 6,000 rounds of ammunition, right? All for the purpose of going to the Tivoli Gardens. They were coming from the United States and going to Tivoli Gardens, right? And Jim Brown do the distribution and stuff. And all that. It was like, that was when the politician realized, oh, well, we created a system, but we can't control no more. Basically, you birth the child and now the child are accrued and the child out of control and you know what to do, right? And that was when you really started to see, like, they were trying to catch him. They were really trying to catch Jim Brown because they really want to deal with the issue at hand. So, um, they put out a warrant for him, but he ran to the States in June. Yeah, he ran from the States um, after they put out a warrant for him. So, they never catch him. Um, they tried to catch him in the United States now. And in March of 1987, um, he eluded U.S. authorities and returned to Jamaica where he was charged in with crime in Rima, right? The same Rima massacre that happened. Um, yeah, so he was charged with crime like that. And then, he never served a prison time because the witness who was supposed to testify, yeah, 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 left that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he just not him get free. So, um, then again, come back again in June, um, 1988, um, he was arrested for murdering a minibus driver who made a fatal mistake of challenging him after bad driving him and ne nearly forcing his cars off the road. So that was one, right? So all of that that happened now, and then I tried to get Jim Brown, and I said, yo, now for them, I said, then get Jim Brown, them control the issue now. The, 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 all of this can stop, all of this can go on. And between, remember, I tried to get Jim Brown from 1984, 
Anyway, and and nobody can catch him. They can't catch him put in a prison. Um, election called in 1989. Um, and what came out of that election was that Michael Manley went back into power. And but this is a totally different Michael Manley. Now get into that. Na- 1989 to 1992, Michael Manley is completely different from 1972 to 1980. Michael Manley, huge transformation, <laughs> the great transformation in the words of David um, Payton. But we're now we're now that's important to the story. So yeah, so what they did now, PMP <laughs> PMP locked down real strict punk cook, and um they arrested him in 1990. Right, and after they arrested him in 1990, he was supposed to be shipped out to to the states in 1992. But two events happened that really complicated that. The first event was when one day, right, um, his elder son, that's um Jim Brown, elder son, um, he was driving along Maxfield Avenue in Saint Andrew on a motorcycle when he was attacked, right, and he was attacked and killed. Right, and over a two weeks period, persons in the Tivoli Gardens and surrounding area, 12 persons were killed over a two week period. Right, then in February, you understand, couple weeks after the man sounded, um, Jim, the, the, the report that came out of the Tower Street Adult Correctional Center was that there was a fire and Jim Brown ended up being burnt alive. So, yeah, him burned dead. So, Jim Brown died, and his eldest son, Jati, who was supposed to take the reins and become the Don of Tivoli Gardens, he died. So, he was supposed to pass to his second son, um, Liberty, right? But it's like, I don't really know what happened. I really try to find out what happened. I swear I try. I know the reason. Um, it was his other son, who got it? Um, his other son being um, Christ, uh, uh, Christopher Coke, who was five feet four, very chubby, um, very calculated, right? Graduate of Arden High School. I mean, all of all of Jim Brown's sons went to very prominent high schools. Um, Jati went to Woolmers Boys, Liberty went to Excelsior, and yeah. So if you know anything about Jamaica, those were very um. I, what was the word? Um, respected schools in their own right. In the in their own right. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. So um Christopher Cole became like he became the heir to that, right? And nineteen nineties you really started to see Tivali. The Tivali that all of us know today. That was when it began. Nineteen nineties. And Dodos had a very heavy force when it came to that. He had a heavy force in the he had a heavy foot in the in in the in the in the in the in the community, right? Theme word was basically law. And one of the two incidents came out of that. The first incident was when um Bob Marley's eldest son Ziggy was trying to build a recording studio in Trenchdown. And that caused issues because apparently he never contacted the Dan. Now let this get this straight. The Marley family have always tried to distance themselves from political parties. Um as I said before you know, Bertram, Michael Mulley, Chef politicized the man, says that the family learned from that and they try not to be involved in like anything political. Um, I think the only 
money that is probably political. I don't think they even political is Damian gang, Damian Jr. gang, and that's just because his stepfather is a JLP senator, Tom Tavares Finson, um, is married to Sydney Breakspear, who is Damian's um mother. So I think that's like the only connection, but he's not political. Like you know, like you know, do that thing there. You get me what I'm trying to say? So that was a eye opener. I would believe for Ziggy. You understand? And then there was a next incident with the Rematiwale conflict, which is dubbed the four year war. And when Matelia said that, that was. That was just a slippery slope for Tivoli Gardens. That war was a slippery slope for Tivoli Gardens. The war started out in 1994, and it just got worse over the, the other the four years, right? Especially in 1945. I'm gonna tell you why the war in 1945 was so bad. The man a fight over a toilet, a toilet. The man a fight over. Them. Apparently, it was related to the supply of toilets to Rima, which was in the PMP constituency, dispensation, the, the um constituency of. Saint Andrew Southern. So at the time that was who was that? Who was that? Who was that? Omar Davis. Yeah. At the time that was like Omar Davis place, right? And it's like the man them start fight over the toilet. You understand? And it reached a point where people just added I get their left, right, and center. Left, right, and center. You come back again in 1996 where the JFF and the Premier League of Jamaica say yo. I net gardens and Tivoli gardens. We are gonna boot you know, from it. We are gonna boot you know, from the league because every single time when you come play a match, I be your war. And I not even war when you know fight. And that, you understand? You know a boss gunshot. <laughs> this can't work. And it reach a point where they're saying that them don't want to spe- spectators at the matches because persons were putting their life at risk coming to these mas- matches. And what happened was um um the captain Captain Burrell. May rest heavily in peace. Um, I said heavily in peace. May rest in peace. Sorry. <laughs> he um had to intervene. A lot of persons had to intervene. Um, to try and curb the situation. He had a meeting at um with both. He had a meeting with Dodo Scope. You understand? And an MP, you know. I and let me tell you, oh Dodo and a Siaga, the man got to know who is the MP of the area, you know. Yeah, cause yeah, see I got the MP of the area. See I got the MP of the area, and I see I got the man go to the man got to the Dan Dodos. That is the man power basically, and he was like, yo, this can work, and Dodos end up talking to talking to the players, and started with things. And what happened was in the following days, you had Arnett Gardens players walking from Tony Spalling Port Complex in their community to the railway oval, and the railway oval is currently the Edward Siaga Sports Complex, right? Then you have another Sunday, the following Sunday after that, youth from Arnett Gardens and Tillery Gardens played a friendly football match, dubbed Rude Boy versus Rude Boy, um, and it tried that cut, it tried to ease the, the tension between the two, between the two, um, between the two areas, right? And then there was another thing where members of the Tivoli Garden squad went up to Arnett Garden grounds to train. Dodos go with them, right? So Dodos walk with them basically. I said, yo, yes, I know I train. Try for linger the piece and stuff like that, and. That was what was going on. You understand? That was legit what was going on because it was getting to a point where Tivoli Gardens, it was just getting worse. Like Tivoli Gardens was going down a slippery slope and a lot of persons were trying to intervene. But yeah, no, 1997 came and in 1997, so 1992, um, 
Manley, Michael Manley retired from politics and PJ Patterson, who served as the vice president of the JLP, of the PMP, sorry, of the PMP, wow, back in the 1970s and stuff, he became party lead. To the 1997 election, Tivoli Gardens did not go through it. Tivoli Gardens was going through it and police were sent down to patrol the area. Right, and when the police them down there patrol Western Kingston, now it so turned out that um they got into an altercation with men from the community, and four civilians were slain. Right, and they call a state of emergency. Um, later down in the year, nineteen ninety seven election, P J Patterson was sworn in again for a second time. All right, we move. Two thousand and eleven come now. Yes, two thousand eleven came. And this was when we heard that there were reports of guns and ammunition in Tivoli Gardens. And the police were going for it. And they must say, yo, here's your gun and things down there. We are going to feed. Right? And that was important, especially seeing as the 1997 incursion, which is really an incursion. It was like the first incursion of, of Tivoli Gardens. Really bear fruit. You understand? Just four people died, and there was a state of emergency during that time, and the crime never really in the crime never really decreased. It just got worse. So I'm saying, this time we'll go down there. We go down there, right? And that was spearheaded by um a, a senior superintendent of police, SSP Renita Adams, right? Everybody know Adams. He is um he is this very uh, electric police officer he was known for his shades he was known for his serious face yeah Venita adams so um between the between the 4th of july to the 7th of july they were in the community and them let go an onslaught of back and forth between them and men from the community gunshot of fire chew out chew out and one of the worst things that came out of that was that um 25 people lost their lives right and approximately 75 was injured and this included paupers mentally challenged elderly people teenagers there was a farmer involved an uncraft man a girl who just buried her babies two days ago like there were so many innocent persons who just because then they did it I call them Johnny's based on Bob Marley's song Johnny was like they were they were just there and they got they got in the conflict like they, they were just there and at the time um the public defender howard hamilton he said that this is one of the worst days in jamaican history and it's supposed to be dubbed um black saturday july 7th black saturday um but I, we don't speak about the 2009 we don't speak about it i do not know why we don't speak about the 2011 version well i know you know but we're gonna continue we're gonna continue um renita adams in a in an interview with the observer back in 2012 he explained actually what happened like he, he's give his own overview of what, what happened and he said <clears throat> well i'm getting teared up he said renita adams I right, he said that Renita Adams, him. He said he and his men fought the criminals who were pin who pinned them down with superior weapons. Right? And they might fight, they might go through, they might go through. Then one day, while they might fire, um, them just everybody stopped fire. Like everybody stopped fire. And a vehicle arrived out of nowhere. And the person in the vehicle was Edward Siaga. Edward Siaga was the leader of opposition and the uh, 
I've said this so many times, the MP of um, Western Kingston. He said that he would offer Adams and the officers with him safe passage if they call off the operation. So only if them call off the operation, will he transport them out of the community? Adams said, no, eh eh. Him not do that. Him come for guns and guns, him will find, right? That not, uh -uh. Mm -mm. Understand? Mm -mm. So, see, I go back in a vehicle, drove away, and them continue firing shot. Them continue firing shot. And in regards to the 25 people that were happening, whoa, a bit of deja vu, guys. There was a commission of, of inquiry, right? And the, the commission of inquiry was involved in the deaths of the 25 civilians and the two police officers that were killed. Yes, yeah, so it's 27 deaths, right? And this was what they said about the, about, about the, 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 at the end of the, the when the, the inquiry concluded, the commission inquiry, they said there was an abundant credible evidence from which it may infer that the twin issues of garrison communities and political tribalism cannot be eliminated as a feature of political and cultural life in Jamaica unless Tivoli Gardens is brought under the complete control of the JCF. So basically, nothing ever come out of it. Nobody never get charged. Everybody walk away. And 27, well, 25 innocent civilians. <laughs> 25 people, including innocent civilians, were killed. And then they come out of it. All right. Nothing came out of it. Nothing at all. Election call again in 2002. PJ Patterson win. You understand? Swearing for a third term. Becoming our longest serving PM. Um, and then... 2005 came and it's like Tivoli Gardens became more feared because what happened was that over 1,600 people in one year were being killed. Jamaica was that bad when it come to crime. Like, it was that bad. We had one of the highest murder rates happening in the country, right? Now, 2005, I got you, I got you. She had do her thing. You understand? It was like 2020, but she had do her thing. And one night in 2005, two men roll up, right? Um, and another man, right? They shot the man. Right, what they didn't know was that there were police officers nearby, and the police officers retaliated and ended up killing the two shooters. Now, what was so sad about that was that the two shooters who died, one of them included Dodos, who was now the you that the D done of Jamaica, like the done, like the man move from Tivoli Gardens, not move as in physically move, but his influence move from Tivoli Gardens and it's an island thing now. Like, is he was feared, right? His brother died. His brother was another person who died. And Dodos retaliated, so they started targeting police officers. They had three police, police officers who died, one security guard who died. And it was a question where many persons were like, yo, was it, is, is this going to be another civil war? You get me a try to say? I mean, it's another civil war. Was this going to be a civil war? Because you're going to have civilians fighting against the, po the police. All right? So, a lot of happened. So, like, and what made it... Ah, so, that happened, right? Now, September um, of 2006... Um, no, September 2005, PJ Patterson... Win. So, now... After that, all of that now, um, PJ Patterson um, released a statement saying that by April 2006, he was going to step down, right? He was going to retire from politics. And his successor, you understand, was going to be 
the most honorable reporter seems similar who um with him being stepped down and she taking him in she became jamaica's first woman prime minister and portia well portia not really important to the story she's not really important to the story and um edward siaga also stepped down as well and edward siaga named bruce golding as his successor and not only was he his successor but he would replace him as mp candidate for western kingston the same bruce golding who is part of the gang of fights um not get into that but just know say there's a reason why bruce golding is associated with the ndm <laughs> But we move. That's not important. We move. All right. So 2006 now, 2007, sorry, election call and the JLP end up winning and Bruce Golding become MP. Now, remember, Bruce Golding is prime minister and he's also the MP for Western Kingston. You get me a chance to say? No. All right. So between 2007 to 2010, what I basically saw was Tivoli Gardens becoming a state in a state. That was basically what was happening. The government of Jamaica wasn't running Tivoli Gardens. Dodos was running Tivoli Gardens. Like, they didn't have them own law. Like, for them thing they different. And what happened was that they really saw Jamaica became the rest of Jamaica and becoming distanced from Tivoli Gardens, right? Which is one of the saddest things. And you can't really blame people for it because Tivoli Gardens became so feared because of Dodos, because of the crime, because of the rumors, and there were a lot of rumors going about Tivoli Gardens. Like, that's the saddest thing about Tivoli Gardens' story. There are a lot of rumors, and you can't even prove, prove, prove if they are true or false. Because it's like, you can't put on the past it. But then they ask, say, like, I don't really feel like human beings are going to do that. You get me a chance to say? So, it became really feared, and people just distanced themselves from it. But what happened was that Dodos held a firm hand over the constituency, over the area of Tivoli Gardens, where his word was law, right? He was stepping up in places where politicians, over, where Edward Siaga over the years never step up in. He was stepping up in areas where Bruce Golding never step in. You know what I'm trying to say? So, one, and he had like, he was doing different things. He was very business-minded. So, he had incomparable enterprise, which is a construction firm. And when I say construction firm, I don't talk like they might do some basic build two house, build three house. No, 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 no. They had contracts with the Jamaican National Heritage Trust and the Minister of Education, and the Ministry of Education. Right? Like, uh, them them might have big big job they had they were responsible for um the refurbishment of the war theater they did work on the downtown kingston transportation center like you may say oh no the man did out here with a whole construction construction company getting government contracts like <laughs> different completely different um he was also he owned presidential clique um, if anybody, you, if anybody's a huge, huge fan of Vibes Cartel, you know presidential click. It's like this production company, but Vibes Cartel usually voice to them like heavily, like all of the song they may come in here, presidential click. I don't just own that, right? And presidential click, would I would say, somewhat launched the career of Vibes Cartel. Like, ball claim, but I would say it, I would say it, right? Yeah, that passa passa, where, where in basically, like, um, 
govern you had he was doing like barber shops and hair salons he was having christmas streets for citizens in in his community like he as i said before he was stepping up in areas like and the worst people never that pay a light and water like them not get light and water bill what my tell you say is a state in a state is a state in a state an island in an island like they depend on them own thing government by them own thing right so all of this was happening between like it was happening over a period of time between 2007 to 2010. Whoo, yeah, like you can't touch the gardens. Like, you understand? Um, 2009 come now, 2009 come, and everybody got through life. Things were happening. Great Depression, that the Great Depression, the 2008 Depression came, and the heads of security forces learned that, yo, the U.S. issued the government of Jamaica extradition request. And the extradition request basically said that they were seeking coke extradition to the states. Right? And these are on the charges of drugs and gun smuggling. Because it was a DEA who was in charge of all of that, right? It was their case and they were going to be involved, right? So, it's like... When I'm not, they didn't get request. Bruce Golding refused it. And Bruce Golding did that, like, the man that used all power for insurance, so, yo, him not accept the request. So, he tried constitutional um, methods to argue his point that no, him not grant extradition. There was a, then there was a legal aspect where he was coming from, where he was saying that, um, He's not going to grant the, 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 the extradition request because the evidence that the DEA and were using was from illegal wiretapping. Like it was he was minded at work, right? And then there was um and then also there was the famous Man and Phillips and Phillips um issue where the opposition um well, that well, well, PMP. You know, when they discovered, when they discovered, PMP discovered that there was a four hundred thousand US dollar payment to the US law firm, um, Manor Phelps and Phillips, that they paid to grant legal advice to the government against the extradition. And when they go to the when they go to Bruce Golding and tell Bruce Golding what in Bruce Golding argued that yo, it wasn't the government of Jamaica who paid; it was the JLP, right? Yeah, so that was his argument. He did. He did end up apologizing. Though. He didn't end up apologizing some time later about that. So yeah, so 2009, you understand? Actually, did I get shoot down, shoot down, shoot down, shoot down? And then it's like for the, over that nine month period, they were really being pressured. They were really, really, really being pressured heavily to like grant the extradition. All right. I'm going to tell you this, if the US wants something, <laughs> and everything I didn't power, forget it. So, on May 17th, two, 2010, almost nine months later, uh, Bruce Golding came on national TV, uh, in a national address, and he basically saying that, yo, he has agreed to grant extradition to the United States to seek to, for, for Coke to come to the, to, to the US, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that happened. So, actually, it's not going to happen either way. May 18th, right? You had all of these people who was walking throughout the streets with placards saying that, yo, 
um, in favor of coke, in favor of coke. Like, that was May 18. Like, there was a whole lot of protests going on throughout Western Kingston, throughout Tivoli, about people saying that, yo, the government shouldn't grant extradition and stuff like that, and I'm going to think coke and blah, blah, blah. And then came on May 20th, which I think every Jamaican remembered, when you had the 600 women dressed in white who were walking with um, placards who were saying, um, yeah, the famous ones, we will die for the dust. Um, Jesus died for us, we will die for the dust. Um, that's on our poster there. You have the next one that said, next to God is the dust. Yeah, my next one that said, leave the dust alone. Like, there were a lot. You had the dogs with the with their own things like the, the residents of, of, of Tivoli were ready to defend their were ready to defend their dad understand and i and i never say we're ready to defend we're defending it right now there is a piece of article from the academic from the academic forensic pathology which was written by steven Kroiner and michael s polanen we got mr polanen anyway there um and they published a piece of all right so the government decided that yo they might go roll up the 24th and they might go for coke like they might go film <laughs> like when you could have protest i don't know what they might go film and what they end up doing was sending buses in the community you get me a chair for sake and they must say yo when we send them bus here you know we expect people to go up on the bus because when we go in at tivoli we are going at tivoli we are going by all means necessary. You get me, Travis say? But all of the bus them came back empty. And I mean, there's a bizarre reason that people came back empty. I mean, you live in a Tivoli garden and somebody can tell us if you just take up all of your things and cut. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of reasons why the bus came back empty. But just know the bus came back empty. And in... And it was a thing where the where the, the security forces kind of realized that, yo, this is not going to be a normal incursion. Like, this is not going to be a normal incursion. So, let me just read a piece of excerpt here from the Commission of Inquiry, which came months later. And give God thanks to the, 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 the law knowledge of of it said, <laughs> it said, Coke is the period to amass a substantial armory and recruit a large number of mercenaries to protect him from the arrests. Gunmen from Tivoli Gardens and approximately 300 gunmen from across Jamaica were mobilized with a view to preventing the, the, the arrest of Coke. The armor which Cork established or to which he had access to was comprised of M16 and AK-47 rifles, handguns, grenade, at least one 0 0.50 caliber grizzly sniper rifle and a large quantity of ammunition. Right? Then you got so bloop now and so it's like the people that realize say, yo, oh, and then and a handgun we are dealing with. And this is a normal thing, like no, mm -mm. the money are coming with all them get. <laughs> So, one of the also other things that came out of this was that um, there was a, a lot of barricades that were set up. There were barricades around the community of all vehicles and all appliances and heavy equipment and sandbags. Like, I will never understand where they get all of these things from when they're blocking roads. Jamaicans don't block roads as much as we should. We don't. We should. We should. <laughs> we should. We don't block a lot of roads like when I was growing up. But it's always something that pandemic me, like, where we get all of them old something for Black Road? Like, they let us sprung up in a matter of minutes. And also, what was said was that um, the, the National Intelligence Bureau had photographs of men piling sandbags in bulletproof vests, wearing night vision goggles, and carrying rifles. 
when me tell you say yo them brother ya yeah, i come out them i come out and the soldier them because the soldiers were going in right you had yeah there were soldiers there are 300 soldiers who were deployed like they were going in because the man is saying this not gonna be a regular thing you understand we are going by all means necessary and the government was using it the government was saying that yo they tried them send the bus them to the community and the people know and come out where them want to do you understand so that was one of the things that the government was saying so remember that the incursion is so incursion is supposed to be the 24th incursion is supposed to be the 24th no i can tell you that like, everybody who was alive at that time you probably remembered where you were when tvj aired the Hannah Town police station being burnt down. That was carried breaking news being burnt down. I was in primary school. I was in primary school at the time. Me in a Portmore. Never really take nothing serious, but me that watch come here and say, Well, go on. Well, but then burn the police station because I never understand. Them. So to me, this is a joyful time. And then the next day, the Monday was going to be Labor Day. So me not even have to go to school in the first place. So me there and I was just sitting there amazing and stuff. But I'm sure you can remember where you were when you saw the report of the Hanaton uh, police station being burnt down. And it wasn't even only the Hanaton police station that got burnt down. The Darling Street police station, which is also in West King, also in um, West Kingston, Tivoli Gardens, that was set ablaze. And it's like all that are going to set ablaze. And them of the, the, the soldier them and the police pinned down over half an hour on Reddings Road in St. Andrew. So it's like a bag of things are going at the same time and then all that all that are going. You have man at the different barricade areas in Tivoli Gardens that guard the entrances that you're know, not coming And that was a Sunday. This is the incursion that happened yet, you know. The incursion that going down yet. <laughs> the incursion from the next day. All of this happened on the Sunday. So Alright, so all that are going now upon the Sunday and the Monday now. The man them got through the incursion and they went through with the incursion, explosion, gunfire, smoke, all over the, all over Kingston, all over Tivoli Gardens. Like, and one of the worst thing was that yo, it's like the more they were going in the community, can realize say yo, Dodos never did it, but they were still going in, right? They were still. I don't know, and you heard reports of like people were dead and people were like, oh, we know. People outside of uh, Tivoli Gardens, outside of Kingston, because again, I was in Portmore. It's like radio station. People were calling in. And one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life was I remember somebody calling in, and it's like you could hear the gunshot in the back for in the, in the background, and they were calling in. Understand? So just imagine the government. You understand? Allowing access for 800 soldiers and over 370 police officers going into that community for one man. And then, and the, and there were persons in the community who had guns and arms defending him. But one of the worst things was that they have the innocent civilians there who couldn't move. You understand? And I could go upon days upon days of what took place. Just know that it never pretty. Like you heard reports that hundreds of people dead, bodies dead on the ground, um, wars get shut up. You saw um people getting shoe off roof and stuff like that. Um, I for one saw the the helicopter that was circulating that that was um came from the U.S. That was I think it was the Department of Homeland Security who grant Jamaica that surveillance um aircraft to fly over 
on Kingston and tried to find coke. Um, and the reports that came out of it was so bad. You had over 73 people who died. Um, I think two were police officers. Um, um, yeah. Uh, there were the shallow graves that were found of decomposed body. There was the underground tunnel. There was the underground um, jail cell. Tivoli Gardens had their own jail cell. Like, there were so many things that came out of it. But again, the 73 people died. Now, reports that 73 people. Um, psh, take that as you will. Um, that is 73 people died. Them say 73 people dead. Um, they were in that community for three days of non-stop shooting back and forth between gunmen from the area, between soldiers and police. Them say 73 people did. Them say 73 people did. Take that as you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And it was apparent by the end of the 31st of May that, yo, Dodos never did it. Dodos never in the community. And um, the opposition, headed by Portia, stood up in parliament and were like, yo, Bruce Gold, they need to step down. The master, you need to step down. You need to step down. This happened under your watch. And it was a lot. But I'm just never find out. So, Tivoli Garden's story really, like, peak at that point. Where, even though the incursion was done and the firing stopped, soldiers were still going in and out of the community. They were still in the community. They were still raiding houses. They were still um searching people. People were still being victimized. A lot of things were happening because they were ser- them still a search. Even though they knew the man are dead, they're still a search. And then, but in their searching, they got ammunition and guns and all of that was found and stuff like that. Like a lot of guns were found. There were over 9,200 9, 9, rounds of assorted ammunition and over like, bro, like a lot. Just a, a lot of ammunition and guns were found there. Um, what ended up happening though? was on june 22nd 2010 you know reports came out breaking news again <laughs> that um the phone dodos he was trying to reach a u.s embassy to surrender himself and accompanied by a reverend admiral who was this influential priest right and they were trying to get to the embassy without making contact with the jamaican um police officers and many persons said that that's probably because of what happened to um Dodo's father while he was in police custody he died in the blaze which i mentioned earlier just never really trust jamaican police you get me what i have to say so he was trying to just get to the embassy and he was found in a famous photo it's on our flyer with the the wig and the hat and the glasses and yeah so the founder us and in he he not even challenged his extradition he couple of days he ended up getting shipped out to um the states and he got charged yeah so mm-hmm. um the two of the guardians inquiry did happen um the manner commission of inquiry and that was basically the in, into the role and conduct of various public offic- officials who handled the extradition request for the school because remember i told you back in 2009 they might reject it right so um it, it lasted over started in 2010 and lasted in finishing 2016. Oh boy. Mm. So it lasted about a six year period and cost us taxpayers money over $450 million. Right? And nine sessions were held. Over 94 persons gave evidence. 
um as of 9th of february 2016 we can remember um i can't recall saga between um <laughs> between <laughs> persons from the jlp and kd knight um who was one of the consuls there so basically what happened <clears throat> so in 2017 you know um and that wasn't the jlp regained power i say regained power because um in 2011 bruce golding and mike henry stepped down and since bruce golding stepped down um as prime minister he actually retired he ended up passing it on to the then minister of education andrew holness andrew holness call election a couple months later end up losing um portia simsimila got got into power so what happened was she ended up calling election in 2016 ended up losing so andrew holness um and the jlp got back into power so on the 6th of december 2017 the cabinet approved 200 million dollars as compensation to aggrieve aggravated persons who were affected by the operations of the security forces in west kingston that happened and then on the 7th of may i remember this i did i remember this he andrew holness as pm he delivered a long-awaited apology on behalf of the state for the actions during the May 2010 West Kingston incursion. Um, so, yeah, that's all that came out of it. Um, and, that yeah, that's that's basically all that came out of it. Nobody was charged. Same as 2001. As of today, 2020, May nobody was charged and to be honest with you one of the worst things one of the worst things to come out of this was the fact that Tivoli Gardens hasn't healed I mean I just trace a whole backstory from 1950s to 2010 basically and in a heal the community itself has not healed and I'm a firm believer that yo until Tivoli Gardens need to heal before Jamaica go to January Cause I feel like it's gonna be a forsaken that community is so bad. Like I can't tell you of a good period in that in their history. Like me not see it. probably two days them after the 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 concert about Marley have where they just had peace. Probably that, but they have not healed. They have been scarred for over sixty years, really, right? And one of the worst things is that people are like, oh, but that is gone. Like crime supposed to be dead. no. They have an incursion that happened over a four-day period, right, of gun blazing. Then you had soldiers surrounding the whole community for, like, two months. And then after that, you're going to have children who are so scarred to the point where they can barely even function. Children are scarred, seeing dead bodies in the road, hearing gunshots at night, seeing bullet holes on their walls. And nobody say, yo, make us say in a psychologist, make us say in some mental health advocate. Nobody not said nothing. I think we in 2020, we are wondering why Tivoli Gardens is a still a special zone of operation. Why is Tivoli Gardens still dealing with crime? Like, we're still asking this question, right? I do, like, no. You see, I'm a firm believer that if we want to move somewhere in Jamaica, we just have to accept our faults and as a country, just realize that we'll fail the community. Um, I know this is not checkmate, so I'm not really supposed to be opinionated on this, but like, it's Guys is always a place that's there to me. I went to school there, and I still, what I, I still have friends there. When we decided to do this episode, we could have done the incursion. We could have, we could have done so many things about Tivoli Gardens. So I said, yo, we're gonna take a chance and do a very long episode on Tivoli Gardens story. 
Because one of the things I think as Jamaicans, we forget that this is a community that comprises of people. People live there. There are history there. There are stories there. There are homes. There are traditions. There's laughter. There's happiness right there. And we forget that. You understand? And people are scarred over 60 years of exploitation by both parties, right? By persons in the middle. You understand? By, by dons. You understand? By era leaders. It, they are scarred. You get me? And for me, like, I, I, it just felt right doing this very, very long episode <laughs> telling their stories. And for anybody who never stop or who never skip a part here, just, just think about like how ch the children who went through the 2020 incursion, the children who went through the 2011 incursion, the children who went in the 1997 incursion, like what got you them brain now? You get me what I'm saying? Do them actually sleep good at night? Like, you just, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I just got an episode here. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, hope you guys be safe out here in these streets. <laughs> and um, I'll see you guys back for the next episode. Alright. Big up on yourself. We're just going to make J Island take me out. Parliament abroad, but we are stick up in them a corruption at large. Kill off, get to you, show political brawl. Then show on the media, want it ten gone. Them said that if we of keep the place calm. And I pray the two white jungle must turn. And must have the poor cops get deployed.